Okay, we're live. I got the audio signal. Good evening and welcome to Take Two. I'm here with Randy and we're glad that you're able to join us, whether it's live or later on. We want to remind you who do listen live, if you have any questions, you can write them down and we'll try and get to those questions. I did this last time too. It spins around and froze, but it's still recording. At least I'm pretty sure it is. Um, Got to figure these things out, these technical difficulties. Anyway, um, a couple of things I want to let you guys know. One, I want you to understand that we are going to be um, taking... Yeah, we're, we're live. We're doing it. We're going to be taking meals to the nurses on Tuesday, September 7th. Uh, we're going to take about 70 meals, 35 at 11 a.m. and 35 at 8 p.m. We're connecting with Hitch Burger and Grill and providing that. And I share that with you guys so that you can uh, donate towards that. I know some of you already have, and thank you for those of you who have. And that way we can support the nurses as they're going through this time of pandemic and being a little bit overwhelmed. And so want to be there of service to them and let them know that we care, that we appreciate them, and we see them at this time. Also, we are going to be helping Haiti. And, and talking with Denise recently, there is a, a priest who's really a good guy. He's one of these who cares for the people uh, that are there and not for the politics or the power. And we want to support him and his little church. And we're going to do that by getting Bibles for the members and the people in that community. And it's $10 a Bible to get it in Creole because that's the language they speak. And so we want to get them the Bible in their language. And we want to get, I believe, 500 Bibles for the people in this village. So that would be about $5,000. Um, as I shared Sunday, we have about $2,000 already put aside that we're going to be giving towards this. If you would like to contribute to either of these things, whether it be the nurses or Haiti, just include that little note on however you donate, whether it's Venmo, Zelle, or if it's online, or if you um, mail it in, whatever. Put a little note that says nurses, that'll go towards the food for the nurses. Say Haiti, and that's going to go towards the Bibles for this church out in a remote village in Haiti. And we thought that would be a great way to show some support with them, with uh, for a reason for the people there. And so we share that with you guys so that you can participate in these things. We'll make some more announcements as time goes on, but this is something that we want to do and it's something I think we could do together. Um, that's about all I can think of announcement-wise this Friday. I know if you're an artist and you want to collaborate with some other artists, you can come down to the Works Building and meet with Brian. And Nikki Boy is going to be spinning some stuff, the DJ. And um, Sunday mornings, we're here at 10 a.m., inside, outside, live on YouTube. We're trying to get our bases covered. So all that's <laughs> happening. Um, but tonight, we're going to... Go over what I talked about Sunday, and I spoke about the politics of Jesus as it pertains to divorce. Now, typically, you might not think divorce is a political subject, but I shared Sunday morning how what Jesus was really confronting was a double standard that was present at that time, just like we talked about 
with adultery and lust, how it was something that was directed at the women and they were the ones responsible, even though often it was the men in violation. Similar thing is taking place with divorce. And before we kind of unload that a little bit, I wanted to just kind of see your thoughts, Randy, or, or maybe questions you had after hearing the talk and your thoughts. Yeah, I mean, I, uh, again, I think that uh, this the series has been helpful for me in that um, you're 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 taking definitely a more historical approach, mm -hmm. uh, and I, I'm sure that um, everybody feels like they're doing that when they teach this mm -hmm. because you know we, you have to kind of have somewhat of an idea yeah. about. But I mean, I I don't uh, the way that the way that you've taught this has been eye opening to me in so many ways because it is not just Jesus, you know, kind of raising the bar, although he's doing that too. Yeah. But he's also pinpointing these issues that are going on that they're struggling with or that they've misunderstood mm -hmm. or that they've uh, used as a kind of a power grab. Mm -hmm. I've never thought about it like that before. So, so it's been fascinating to, to go through. And, um, you know, to some degree, it's been a little bit freeing, maybe. Hmm. But it's also uh, a challenge because there's a, there's a lot. So how has it been freeing? In what ways has it been freeing? Uh, I mean, uh, I tuned in last last Wednesday, right, to uh, take two. Mm -hmm. And, in, in, you know, maybe not so much as a man, but in regards to women, like that idea that, mm. you know, that they've been, uh, that women have been looked at, you know, back to the times of Jesus and before that as property and up until recent history in our country, the same. Yeah. And, and even still, uh, today there, yeah. there's still, there's still struggles with that. So there's some freedom in knowing that, that this kind of, you know, man-made institution is not the way God sees it, even though maybe the Bible has been used to reinforce that mm -hmm. in so many ways. So, so there's, there's freedom in that, right? There's mm -hmm. freedom in, uh, in, in so many of the ways that we're going through the Sermon on the Mount this way. Hmm. And which ways then has it been also challenging? Um, so, uh, because like I said, there is, there is this idea, and, and you've talked about this, that, um, you know, they've developed a system. The Pharisees by this time and, you know, uh, going way back have developed a system of, of which sins are weightier. Mm -hmm. And, um, and we, and I've said this to you personally, but you know, uh, we've probably done similar. Yeah. And so it's a challenge to realize that now it's like, you don't get to do that. Yeah. These are all important. Yeah. And it's not like, you know, cause we've grown up hearing that, well, you know, all sins are like, you yeah, know, it doesn't matter if you tell Sinister. a lie, or, yeah, or if you kill someone. It's like matters to me. <laughs> you yeah. know, I mean, I, yeah. I think it does matter. I think it is different, but they're still important. And I think Jesus is again getting to the heart of the thing and the desire of thing. Even as we went through our discipleship and understanding desires, um, that's really what he's trying to get to is at the heart. Yeah, right. And it's true with anger. It's true with lust. And the less carrying into the divorce where here the Pharisees were using a scripture in Deuteronomy 
to justify their actions. And, and one of the things that I wanted to challenge, and I don't know, I mean, I, I think I did it somewhat, but look, listening back, felt, you know, you always feel you could do it better. Yeah. Um, I wanted to challenge how the church today uses the words of Jesus to, again, kind of put in a box this idea of divorce, right? Where I, I shared some examples where I was in a counseling session with another pastor as he was talking to this couple. And I'm not sure why he asked me to sit in with him because I had to do everything I could from just exploding. But it was basically, it doesn't matter what this guy did. He didn't commit adultery or have sexual infidelity. So she just had to work, get out, right? And that's not what Jesus is saying. You know, these aren't verses for pastoral counsel care. I wanted to point out that this is directly challenging two systems of belief that were prevalent at his time, right. Shammai and Hillel. Right. And one was very, you know, limited only for sexual infidelity and the other was for any and every reason. And both were taken from the passage in Deuteronomy, you know, and how they looked at it. Um, did I do that or any thoughts on that? Maybe. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting to think that um, that Jesus was aware of that. Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't know why that's interesting. He should be aware of that. Yeah. But we're not. You know what I mean? So when we read yeah. back in. Uh, in, in Matthew, and we're like, you know, struggling through these things, we don't really maybe have any idea that there is this, that there is two schools of thought yeah. amongst the Pharisees or the Pharisees and Sadducees or whoever it yeah. was. So uh, to know that Jesus was well aware of that and and was even kind of quoting yeah. from them, that's interesting. Yeah, and it's I think it challenges us because we think Jesus just came up with everything because, you know, it's Jesus. Yeah. He doesn't quote anybody. You know, yeah. everyone quotes Jesus. Jesus doesn't quote people. Yeah. You know, that's kind of a thing. But it just shows his being relevant, relevant to that time, to the people, because he, he used the terminology. He used the, the messages that were popular. He used the, you know, things that he could see, like a sower planting and those kinds of yeah. things, illustrations. He was very relevant to the culture that he was in, including the things that were being taught. And so, like you said, it shouldn't surprise us. But I know when I read that, I was a bit surprised, too. Yeah. I was like, oh, man, okay, never heard that before. Yeah. Jesus <laughs> quoting someone. I know Paul did, but, you know, that that's interesting. And, and what does that... Because to me, it feels like that would be, that's freeing, right? Um, it gives me, I don't know, license is the right word, but it gives me freedom to be able to pull from the culture I'm in, right? Yeah. Whether it be, you know, uh, philosophy people, whether it be from scientific, you know, you know, places of thought, um, heck, even music, you know, all these things can be drawn from to bring about a point maybe that's here in society, a way of thinking and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, and people have done that. Paul did that. Mm -hmm. Paul quoted from the, their poets, right? Yeah. Uh, and philosophers. So, I mean, yeah, but I think that there's some kind of, um, you know, at least there's a part of the church that's like, you know, that's a no, no. 
Yeah. Stop quoting the Beatles. You know, <laughs> <laughs> stop doing these things. And uh, and I, yeah, I mean, I think it's freeing too. Like it was for me, it was enough to know that Paul was like it was not enough to know that Paul was tuning in. Yeah. To the people that he was speaking with and letting them know I know I'm I'm not so different. Yeah, I'm versed with yeah. things you're versed with. Yeah. Yeah, and I think Jesus is doing that, you know, here and and he's definitely taking a side. But again, it, it's not that this is all that there needs to be said about divorce, right? He he's not saying I've told you all that you need to know about divorce. There's nothing left on the table. And I wanted to share that because I, I pulled that from the Exodus passage. And I didn't quote Paul because there's a, a, I meant to, but I, I skipped it. There's a place where Paul does something similar. And I believe it's in Romans where he says that um, a wife can leave her unbelieving husband if he's not willing to stay with her, then she's free. Right, she's free to go, and that means she's not obligated by you know, the marriage. It's basically she can be divorced and it be okay. And so there was a, another reason that Paul cites, which is similar in Exodus, when it talks about of him not providing food for her, clothing, or you know the marital affairs or the sexual responsibilities, which actually is a big deal at that time because that include bearing children. Um, and, and so that passage in Exodus isn't quoted by Jesus, but it's something that we have to see was a part of the system, even though it was tainted already, because it was talking about if a man gets another wife, right? Right. Um, and so just adding that to the pool opens it up for a lot of other possibilities. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And what Jesus is doing, though, is not so much in all of these uh, uh, different subject matters is he's not really doing, you know, covering everything. Mm -hmm. He's correcting, like, bad assumptions. Yeah. That, that, or I don't know if that's even the right word, but he's correcting a system yeah. that has been established that is not the heart of God. Yeah. And, again, I always say this because it's really easy to, you know, when you read Jesus talking to the Pharisees and, like, he's angry <laughs> and he wants but the Pharisees are, are, you know, in their mind, they are they are doing what God wants them mm -hmm. to do, and uh, and so it's hard to you know it's easy to side with Jesus, but sometimes it's hard to see ourselves in yeah the other side group. of the Pharisee, yeah. And, and once you bring that God element in, that's what I'm going to be talking about next week, right? Where he talks about your yes being yes, your no but no don't swear by the temple, all these things. It's once you bring God into it, well, we believe God. You know, it's like, oh, okay, if you believe God, then who do I believe, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, it, there's this throwdown of, of terminology, you know, that's like the trump card. Here, here, I win, you know, this is draw four, I win the game now because you can't match what I'm pulling from, right? And we tend to use... The Bible like that, we, we tend to use, you know, well, the Lord told me. Hmm. Well, what do I say to that if God told you? how? Okay, well, I think God was wrong. You know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> what, how do you respond to something like that when someone just comes out with that kind of a statement? And the Pharisees definitely were coming from that place, 
right? We believe this is truth. We believe we're interpreting scripture, right? Yeah. And here's what it says, you know, and so then Jesus is confronting them and he goes to another scripture. He goes to Genesis and says, this is what God's intention was, right? And you go here and it was permitted because of your hard hearts, but it wasn't his original plan, right? Yeah. Um, which again... Even even in the you know the question of like uh, you know what why didn't Moses command mm-hmm. you know what I mean yeah they they've they've got it wrong um, but again I guess my point like you said my point is that like what they've done is they've studied this verse very hard. And they mm-hmm. wanted to know exactly what God meant by it, but they left out everything else yeah. because their because their sight was so narrow. Hmm. And again, I I feel like I've been there, yeah, a lot. And so when we go through things like this it, with a fresh uh, perspective, then I'm going like, oh man, I have literally studied the Sermon on the Mount. I've taught it probably six times in, in my life, mm-hmm. and I've not thought of it this, this way. Yeah, no, same here. I, I've even since Genesis has begun, I, I've it's one of my favorite passages of scripture. And it's not like everything I, I've said was bad or wrong. Right. But yeah, this is definitely getting into a different nuance to it's, it. It's looking for the heart of God mm-hmm. rather than looking for a yeah. correct interpretation. Yeah. And yeah, it's a dance, right? Because those, those are meet together somewhere. Yeah. Right. But finding that is something that takes a little digging and humility, you know, to recognize that we tend to interpret everything through our lens, you know, and it's not that it's always bad because I think there's things that are applicable, even as we've been talking about where, um, you know, women have been in the church just so uh, demeaned. They've been, you know, marginalized. Yeah. I mean, what happened with uh, Beth Moore, um, her leaving the SBC um, the things that, you know, MacArthur said about her and other things that have happened to her. Um, you know, here's a person who is a part of their own. Here's a person who's walking in their theology and is doing amazing things for them. And yet they almost like, no, 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 you can't because you're a woman, right? And and then the way they treated her, she finally said, I can't stay here, you know, at the Southern Baptist Convention because of their treatment, you know. And that's 2021, or it might have been 2021 that she left, but still, that's still happening, you know, those kinds yeah. of things. And, and so it's, it's pretty timeless, this idea of power using that authority to bend the rules for their own sake, you know. And that happens today still, you know. Divorce might be a little bit different in how it takes place, but the abuse of things uh, still happens to this Yeah, day. I mean, I have, um, I know you have too, but I've counseled with, with women who have been abused mm-hmm. and feel like the Bible says I can't leave. Yeah. And that, again, that's, you know, that's not the heart of God. God doesn't want yeah. that. And using these passages to 
justify that is again narrow sightedness, right? It's kind of doing what they were doing. They were picking one verse and missing the other things of scripture. Yeah. Now what about Genesis when the creation started, right? Male and female he created them in his own image he created them, right? What about that? Why why isn't that taken into consideration when you're talking to this person? And so we can do the same thing, pull out a verse and say this is all there is to be said about divorce with these two verses that Jesus spoke on it and that's it, you know, and then we're left with so many other nuances and what about mm. this? What about that? What about this? Um, and, and that's something that I think is important to understand that Jesus isn't trying to give us every solution. He is trying to help level the ground so that it's done fair. Cause that is the heart of God, like you said. And I think if we pursue that, then usually something better is going to happen than just pulling a verse and making it our own law. Now, you know, we just have our Jesus law and they had the Torah, Yeah. you know, but it's really just another law that we're using. That's not taking into consideration the people we're wielding it against. Yeah. That's heavy. Yeah, it, it is. And it's heavy for me because I've done that. Yeah. You know, I've been guilty of that for gosh long time and I, I think that's why so many people have left the church um who you know just like i i can't stomach this anymore um i've seen too many people hurt and in the name of jesus that how do i stay a part of something that's like that it's kind of like i have a few friends i think you do too we were talking who are like anti-vaxxers, but now that their job is requiring it, or now that their friends are getting sick and some have died, now all of a sudden all my propaganda and things I believe are getting just flushed because I still want my job and I don't want to go to the hospital like my friend did. And so, um, yeah. you know, that changes a lot. Then. You, you come face to face with those things, right? Yeah. So that happens, I think, too, in this area of divorce, when we see the harm done to people and then how little support or value the church was to those people going through that time. Yeah. Yeah. And, and divorce being this issue that, like you said on Sunday, too, you know, in our own um, uh our own family, church family here, there are people who have been divorced. There are people who are going through divorce. There are people who are uh, likely considering their options. And to talk about this, um, you know, already uh, takes some of the stigma out because mm -hmm. we need to talk about it more because I feel like that's what happens, right? Yeah. Like, like, like people get divorced and a lot of times the church is then don't know people don't know what to do with that yeah and then they feel shunned and then they leave yeah or people have you know this you know crimson stain on their record you know okay you're divorced you can no longer serve in ministry right? yeah or there's a passage where paul says you know let an elder be the husband of one wife right and people say so have you been divorced okay you've had two wives now so you can't be an elder yeah right instead of recognizing that there was polygamy and husband of one wife meant one at a time, yeah. right? I mean, it's like <laughs> we don't even go there because it's not really prevalent in our culture except for some parts of Utah or something, right? <laughs> but, 
it's something that was prevalent there. And what they're doing is really pretty huge, right? He's like, okay, if someone's going to be leading the church, they just need to have one wife. doesn't mean that they didn't have a wife and were divorced and got married again. It means just one at a time, guys. Okay, that's all you get. And it really was a launching pad for, you know, a new culture at that time. Yeah. Um, so it was pretty advanced for its time, even though, you know, it was still suffering. Um, but those stigmas are there, you know, yeah. and how, how awful it is for people who have been divorced to have to hush up and not talk about it or share the hurt that they've gone through or be able to give to people the value of their experience through that, the things they've learned, good or bad, right? Because, yeah. I mean, it's like I would just as well learn from someone's mistakes as things that were done to them, right? I'd rather someone say, yeah, you know, I just really was this way and I made some mistakes and it cost a marriage and it was wrong. And it's like, okay. I'd rather learn from that than have that hushed. Yeah. And not have that voiced and shared. Um, but we're living in that place where our pride and we got to put up this impression that, you know, we're okay, we're good, we're better than, you know, the world. It's like, oh, you ain't better than the world, right? Yeah. Our divorce rate's the same, right? And who knows what we don't know going on in relationships. I mean, yeah. I've only dealt, well, primarily dealt with people in the church. And I can tell you, it's pretty bad there too, right? So, um, yeah, it's a shame that this has become such a stigma. So, um, I've, I've, I've shared this before on a Sunday morning when I spoke at Genesis, but I, um, but you know, I think even recently, uh, I was a pastor of a church in Claremont and I, I had a marriage failure. Mm -hmm. I learned that from another pastor. He didn't call it divorce. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's not as the stigma's not there so much. Uh, but I went through that. I went through a divorce, and uh, during that time, I stepped out of ministry because that verse, mm -hmm. right? That's that's um, it's not only what I w was taught; it's uh, every uh, every affiliation I had. That's what they all held to. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, I I thought that was the right thing, so I stepped out of ministry. Um, and I didn't, I didn't, the people that came around to support me surprised me because, it, but it wasn't the people I was closest to. Hmm. It was people that, uh, you know, a, a guy that I, I was his youth pastor years ago, hmm. you know, and people that found out and were like, Hey, you know, uh, I'm here if you need to talk. Very few of my close friends in the church did that. Mm. So it's rough. It's rough times. Yeah. And I know when you started coming to Genesis and you wanted to take part and serve, you came forward with that to me right away. Yeah. You just like need you to know this right? yeah. as if. Well, I was still at the time. I think I even told you, like, I'm disqualified from mm -hmm. from, you know, at least pastoral ministry for sure. I don't know what that means for anything else, mm -hmm. but I, but I remember telling you that because my, my heart is, it was, and is like through that whole situation, I still love the church mm -hmm. as messed up as it is. Right. Like, yeah. I still, I still know that Jesus values the church mm -hmm. and, 
and so it had been some time by the time that you and yeah. I talked, but uh, I was I was kind of not sure what to do with myself. Yeah. Let me ask you this. I mean, just through the years, how long have you been a part of Genesis now? How many years? Five years? <clears throat> yeah, just over five years. Well, Brian and I have been married for five and a half years. So okay, so. Probably almost six years. Yeah, almost six years then. Um, has your view changed in that six years about your situation about divorce or how has it or has anything in, in the things that we talked about shed light on this or how do you feel now? Um, I, I don't know, to be honest. I don't okay. know. I think that I'm, I, I'm, I'm open to, you know, mm-hmm. I'm open to being proved wrong mm-hmm. because that's, that's what I, that's what's happened to me here. Right. Yeah. Like I, I told you, and I've said this a lot of times, but I've had, I had a pretty tight theology. Yeah. You know, it started to crumble because, <laughs> not just because of divorce, but even before that, maybe for about the year before that, uh, because of some experiences I, I had. Um, not my faith, but my theology. Yeah. And, and so, um, coming here has been, you know, really good for my soul because, I get to ask those questions. Hmm. I haven't asked them all. Yeah. But I'm, but I am getting there. You know, I'm yeah. Going through life. So I, I guess I haven't, uh, I mean, yeah, I guess I haven't really answered that. Okay. I mean, that's fine. I'm not going to press into that. I, I think it's great though, that you're asking questions, right? I, I, that's cause what, that's really what I hope to do is challenge us to ask questions. You know, even as I start talking about some of the verses, that took place in Deuteronomy and what they say and just how screwy they are, you know, to us in our time. Yeah. And it's like, why would God say something like that? And it's like, well, let's lean into that. Right. There's something that we need to understand there. Why would Paul say, I, not the Lord say right. to you. It's like, okay, so do I have to listen? Right. Is this Paul or is it the Lord? You know, and I've heard a lot of talks on that, but the fact that he's distinguishing those things tells me something about how I lean into a subject, right? I, I lean, lean into it a, a little bit, you know, uh, tenderly. I, I lean into it without so much certainty. I, I lean into it with more inquisition and more uh, thoughtfulness about how it relates to other things, even like we were talking about, you know, well, what about this idea of Genesis and what about this these words of Jesus, you know, how do these words in the heart that we see of Jesus show up in this situation, you know? Mm -hmm. And and I think it's important to be able to lean into those things and be open to um, be wrong, you know, to say my theology was wrong. Um, I've thought this way and I'm not sure anymore. Yeah. Because there's a lot of things I'm still not sure about. And I always, when I share something like that, you know, coming from a place where the pastor didn't usually say, I'm not sure about these things. The pastor was usually giving certain, you know, a certitude about what he said. And everyone was comfortable with that. Okay, yeah, we all know that. We're all certain. Yeah, we're all certain. This is how it's going to happen. Oh, yeah, this is, you know, whether it be rapture, whether it be <laughs> issues, you know, certitude, certitude, certitude. And then all of a sudden, you know, I'm here and I'm like, I don't know. I don't know about that. I don't know about this. I don't know about, you know, I've got a lot of questions, but like you said earlier, it's not, my faith isn't just, you know, crumbling. Um, It's having to redevelop and my theology definitely 
has had to change, you know, quite a bit based on how I see things, even like what we're talking about here. Yeah. You know, um, one of the other things I wanted to bring about was the importance of marriage, um, that Jesus wasn't saying, ah, it's okay. You know, divorce is okay. Right. You know, right? Cause they said for any and every reasons that was the Hillel focus, right? When it says, you know, displeasing, well, that means, you know, whatever displeases the husband, he can then divorce his wife where the Shammai, it was more something more specific as far as, as far as infidelity. Um, and Jesus wasn't saying just infidelity, but he wasn't closing the door, but it doesn't mean that it's still not a serious thing. Right. Did I convey that well? I, I thought I got that okay. for sure. Because I mean, uh, yeah, you actually said, you know, the, the scripture says, right. That mm-hmm. God hates divorce. We can, we can surmise that he does not yeah. want that for anybody. Um, and therefore there's a, there's a high importance placed on marriage mm-hmm. itself because this is, you know, uh, man, you know, I've done weddings and, and, uh, every time I've done a wedding, it's like, this is, this is the picture of Christ and his church, mm-hmm. right? This is beautiful. Yeah. And that's in the heart of God. Again, mm-hmm. for going there, this is incredibly important. Yeah. And so, yeah, I, I think that you, you said that on Sunday morning. And- yeah. And that, that's important because I, I think what you just said is so to the point, it, it is, a opportunity for God to be represented well in the life of humanity, right? Um, And I also shared, you know, Karina and I have been having irreconcilable differences for 37 (laughs) years, right? It's something that is actually a part of our marriage, right? It's a part of what makes our love um, persevere, you know, is having the differences and still being together, you know, um, not saying that there isn't other, you know, things that can happen. That's just like, okay, this can't continue, you know, and, and everyone is different. I I shared some examples of the people who I've been in counseling with, where it's just like, man, this is over the top abusive. This is, you know, controlling, this is demeaning. Um, this is harmful to people in their family where those things have to all be weighed. Right. And we can't just say, okay, it's only for these, these things. We have to say, how is this harming someone? How is this harming the children? Um, you know, how is this going to look if it follows through, you know, in these ways and and be open to, can people, you know, receive counsel, receive change, uh, be open to those things. Um, I've had people come to me and say, yeah, I want to get, I want this to get better. I want to go through counseling and then never do. Right. And it's like, okay. And then I've had people say, yeah, I'm really struggling. I don't know if I want to get, stay together, but I'll go through counseling. And they did stay together. Right. And, and it's not like the counseling was the thing that fixed it. It was the person being open to lean into the difficult. Right. Right. Yeah. And sometimes that's hard and sometimes it can't be done. Sometimes it just can't be done because the pain and the hurt is a little bit too much for a person to bear. And, and I don't know whether that is. I'm, I will not tell someone they cannot do something like that because I don't know that person and I'm not going to be responsible for those things. I will 
share what I can, but you have to have grace. You have to have grace and try and convey the importance of marriage, the opportunity for growth and development and to look like an example of Christ, not only to the world, to ourselves, um, but also be humble in how you step into those arenas. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, uh, you know, it's funny that, you know, it's just, again, maybe it's, it's this idea that some things, some sins are worse than others. Right. Mm -hmm. But there seems to be a huge weight, (laughs) at least in our, in our modern, and probably, probably not just now, but always, uh, on, on marriage. Mm-hmm. Like this is, you know, uh, yeah, I, I know that you did all these other things, but this, you know, like, yeah. I don't know how we get past, like you said, the scarlet letter. It's, it's, uh, it's rough for people and, yeah. and nobody, like nobody gets married wanting to get divorced. Nobody yeah. pictures that ever a part of their future. Um, but it happens mm-hmm. and it's, and it's, uh, you know, I wouldn't, wouldn't wish it on my worst enemy. Yeah. You know? Yeah, and again, that categorizing is something that we do and we miss the importance of really a lot of things, how they work together. You know, when we start placing these categories, well, and it's interesting because the ones that we experience aren't as bad as the ones we haven't. You know, if you've been divorced, that's not as bad as, you know, abortion. You know, if you had an abortion, well, that's not as bad as divorce. You know what I mean? It's like you, you can play these things and you can justify these things depending on where you were. And instead of looking at, you know what, God is wanting to bring wholeness to his people, to humanity. And unfortunately, the world we live in, um, that doesn't happen. And there's no way you can guarantee a marriage is going to work because there's two people involved, right? And, and I could be committed to the marriage full on wanting to go through counseling, make changes. I know people who've said, what do you want me to do? I will change to be what you need. And yeah. the person's still like, no, right? And it's heartbreaking, right? Because yeah. one person is being devastated and the other person is just moving on, right? And it's, just un unfair in how it happens. You know, there's a script song when a heart breaks, it doesn't break even. Right. Mm. It, it, it's that kind of thing where, man, this was devastating to me, but it seemed like they just could move on. And that's the, that's the heartache and the beauty at the same time. The beautiful thing is that there is this fragile ground that we walk on and we are able to build something very powerful and strong on it if we want to, but it can crumble at any time. Mm. Right. And that's beautiful and terrifying at the same time. And that's what makes it so amazing. I think, um, because we have to take those two things and live with them in a way that doesn't make us crazy. Doesn't make us act psychotic that, really requires faith. Yeah. Right. And I mean, I have to have faith in my spouse if I'm going to have a good relationship with them. Right. And if I don't, then I need to develop that. I need to go to where that is. And if they don't want it, okay. You know, then you have to deal with the cards you have. Yeah. But, um, man, we want certainty. We want it. I, I know, 
people who I think the reason they haven't gotten married is because they want certainty that whoever they marry, it's going to be the right person for the rest of their right. life, right? Yes. It's the one, right? I'm going to marry. Have you seen that show, The One? Uh, I think it's on Netflix or Amazon. I don't know. I, I might have. It's pretty good. Anyway, you have to look it up and see. It's about the genetically finding a person who's your mate because they mate genetically and supposed to be this. Oh. But then they right. find it, it's great because there's nuance between, you know, choice and this biology and which more powerful. Anyway, yeah, it's it's kind of cool. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> I digress. Um, people are afraid to make a mistake. They want the one. And so they lean into it only if they're positive. And then you find out you can't be positive. Right. And so what do you do? Cause, yeah, because you'll never really know. Yeah, you'll never know. If you know, he's probably lying to you. <laughs> <laughs> if he's too good to be true, he's probably too good to be true. Um, any other thoughts um, that you have or things that you think would be good to add to this conversation? I mean, it's just a, it's a, uh, when you read this part of the scripture, um, from the Sermon on the Mount, it's, it's an addendum to, to the adultery part, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, it's a really short kind of like, almost like Jesus was like, and while I'm talking about this, <laughs> yeah. let's, let's fix this other thing you guys yeah, got wrong. Yeah, let's add this on there. Yeah. Um, but, but that doesn't make it unimportant. I'm just saying there's, it was, it was, uh, like I said, he wasn't creating a systematic theology for us to follow. He yeah. was, he was just, uh, again, pointing out something, weighing, yeah, yeah, weighing that something there. that we didn't even, we, we didn't even know existed until at least a lot, most of us probably didn't know existed until you mm -hmm. talked about it on Sunday, this idea of these two camps, yeah. um, of the, these two schools of thought, uh, from the religious teachers of the time. But, uh, I mean, I think that, uh, that, like you said, there's, you know, he, uh, he certainly doesn't let anybody off the hook mm -hmm. because marriage is important to God. Yeah. But he also, you know, we, we have to, we have to handle all of these situations with grace mm -hmm. because we've all been angry with our brother. Right. Yeah. And yeah. we don't, we don't scarlet letter each other for that. Yeah. But for some reason, this one, yeah, this one we do, yeah, and, and it's gosh, I mean, Jesus challenges how we judge, and and tells us that we'll be judged the same, you know, um, which is terrifying, in, in some ways, and it, it definitely makes you want to. If I'm going to err, I want to err on the side of grace, mm -hmm. you know, because that seems to be God always seems to be a little bit more gracious than us um, at the same time caring about the hurt and the things that are done. You know, I mean, Jesus definitely gave these words of warning to people who cause little ones to stumble. It's better that a millstone were tied around their neck and they're thrown in the ocean, right? Those are serious words, you know? And so it's not like, it's just like, Oh, everything's good. Everything's happy. But we aren't Jesus. We, don't have the clarity or we aren't free from the bias, I think all the time. And so we bring that a lot of times onto the, you know, arena of whatever that topic is. And I think being aware of those things is important as well. Agreed. Yeah. Well, no questions here. No questions out here. 
So um, we'll end this for tonight. Again, thank you for you guys who have listened in. And I think what I'm going to do on Sundays is immediately after the talk, I'm probably going to sit down and see if anyone has any questions, maybe open up a little dialogue on Sundays. I know people are hanging out, getting together, and that's fine. But I'd love to hear questions, you know, because I know that you and I have had the opportunity to talk and discuss these things. And that's been great. And I have had with some other people. So I want to do that with as many people as possible, because I think that's where the magic happens, you know, when we start talking about these things and leaning into it a little yeah, bit more. Agreed. And so definitely want to see those things take place and happen Sunday, especially as we have more people coming now. Um, and it's fresh. It's yeah. fresh in everyone's minds. Exactly. And maybe there's thought that comes, you know, from whatever is said that you want to clear up or lean into a little bit more. So we'll probably do those things on Sunday. There you go. Hello. Thank you, Gil. All right, everybody. Thank you for, again, tuning in. We hope to see you on Sunday morning at 10 a.m. And don't forget, if you want to donate towards the nurses, we're giving food to the nurses on Tuesday, September 7th. You can donate the money for the meals for the nurses at ER just by putting nurses on however you donate. Or if you want to help us get Bibles to that uh, church in Haiti, um, put Haiti in the donation and that money will go towards that. And these are ways that we can continue being the church to the world around us. God bless you guys. Love you. Hope you all have a great rest of the week. You have been listening to the Genesis Podcast. We invite you to join us at one of our weekly gatherings. You can find more information at www.thegenesisstory.com as well as opportunities to help financially support this podcast. Thank you for listening.